More stimulating talk. It is 12 o'clock, and every day at 12 o'clock, we run down every story everyone is talking about everywhere. Time for What's Happening. Jeff Sessions, marijuana are together today. Not in that way. Not in that way. No, Jeff Sessions, as Attorney General, has rescinded an Obama-era policy that paved the way for legalized marijuana to sort of uh, expand in a certain way. There was Look, there was a memo that went out several years ago that announced that the administration was not going to stand in the way of states that legalize marijuana as long as as long as state officials made sure that it didn't leave the state where it was legal and that it was uh going to stay out of the hands, the monies would stay out of the hands of criminal gangs, and kids wouldn't get their hands It off. basically told federal prosecutors, don't worry about the pot stuff, all right, in these states. There are eight states now that have legalized marijuana for recreational use. It's unclear whether this will change anything. It's unclear whether federal prosecutors have the interest or the resources to go after pot dispensaries and things like that. But it certainly pisses off a lot of people because there's a lot of money being made in these states that have legalized marijuana. A lot of money from growers, hedge funds that have invested millions in production and sales, and many promises that Jeff Sessions made to lawmakers from these states that he would also have a hands-off approach. Uh, Republican Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado said, wait a minute here. Sessions told me before we voted to confirm him that he would have a hands-off approach. And this is a 180. Yeah. Bomb cyclone is trending. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking with Mark Remillard again from ABC in New York about this. But this is now 18 inches of snow from the Carolinas to Maine. Hurricane force winds in some of those areas. Flooding in some of those areas. Forecasters said that it's also going to be followed immediately by a blast of cold air that could break records in more than two dozen cities. The first death is being reported. A person is dead, they say, after a car. This this person was a passenger in could not stop at the bottom of a, of a steep snow-covered hill in Philadelphia. And uh, it's this car slammed into a commuter train while it was on its way to Philadelphia. The driver was able to get out, but the passenger was not. You're going to hear more deaths because of this storm. Yeah, 3,700 was the number I saw. 3,700 flights have been canceled because of what's being called bomb cyclone or the bomb cyclone. Who has the winning Powerball ticket? Well, it's not the winning Powerball ticket, but there was a winning Powerball ticket worth $3.2 million sold in Ontario. That's not bad. Check your pockets. Well, what's frustrating about this is I don't play Powerball. I don't play these very often. And mm-hmm. when I do, I'll take the – I'm very superstitious about it because apparently it's worked to this point. Yeah. Uh, I'll buy the ticket. I won't look at the numbers. And I'll just stick it in the back seat of the car. Like I'll stick it in the little back pocket behind the front seat. Uh-huh. And then I'll wait. And then we'll do a story about, oh, gosh, I can't believe someone bought a ticket in so-and-so store and no one has collected it yet. And if it's my store, well, then I know exactly where the winning ticket is. Well, you check all of them, right? Because it eventually, yeah, you could win a lesser prize. That's exactly right. Well, see, and that's the thing is that unless it's the big prize, obviously, if it was the big prize, there'd be TV stations out there in front of the what was it? The uh, yeah, but three point, the gas station three point two million dollars is enough for you to check that ticket right away. 
not leave it in there for two weeks or three weeks. So I should look? here. Yeah, because here's the thing. Mega Millions has <laughs> reduced the number of balls, okay, for the first five did they, numbers. Did they send them to Lithuania? Which My means, three balls. Which means that um, – that you're going to have more people winning the smaller prices, uh, fewer people winning the big, big prizes. What kind of numbers are we talking here? Uh, the winning numbers? No, I mean, what kind of numbers in terms of the, the numbers of balls that are available, like the combination? What are my odds now? Well, players used to pick from uh, five numbers from 1 to 75. Right. And Omega, and Omega from 1 to 15. Okay. Now they pick from 1 to 70 and Omega from 1 to 25. So, if so I'm the doing, odds Just went off up. the top of my head, that's like 1 in 259 million Roughly. For, the, for the old way. Yeah. And now it's like 1 in 300 million. Yes. The number that everybody likes to throw around right now is the chances of winning both. both. Yes. How and much? Eight, 1 in 88 quadrillion. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> there is a chance. All right. The numbers drawn yesterday, by the way, in case you bought a ticket in Ontario and are wondering and always play the same numbers. 2, 18, 37, 39, 42, and the Powerball was 12. Oh. Ooh. I don't really care if you cry. Uh, rap caviar is trending right now. Rock is no longer the top dog in music for the first time ever, according to Nielsen Music's 2017 year-end report. R&B slash hip-hop surpassed rock to become the biggest music genre in the United States well, in terms of total con- uh, consumption. Rock lost a lot of its bite, a lot of its teeth in the past couple decades. And now it's all that emotional alternative rock stuff with guys crying and stuff. And all these young lead singers were dying, too. There's that, too. Yeah. That didn't help. Uh, Ed Sheeran's Divide was the most popular album of the year. 2.8 million album equivalent units. Kendrick Lamar was second. Taylor Swift, third. Um, Taylor Swift's uh, album was released in mid-November, but still came in third, which is pretty amazing. Biggest song of the year in sales? Despacito. No. We're not going to play it. In and Out is also trending today because of a an addition to their menu. I don't like this. It doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. Ghirardelli hot chocolate and mini marshmallows, which I think you know you've got to have the mini marshmallows for a hot chocolate. I just don't. Is this I like mean, a I milkshake form or no, just no, regular? Just oh. hot chocolate. Huh. Yeah, and it, it would make sense if In and Out was five guys. Like based on the East Coast, right? But we're in Southern California. Sense. It's January fourth, and it's seventy six degrees. What the hell are you doing out in hot cocoa? Because as the soon menu? as September comes around, all the basic girls around here walk around their Uggs <laughs> and their and their hot whatever. Wow. Because that's how California works. Blake just called out basic. all the basic, the basic girls. girls. Damn! No I went to Glendora High. I know them very well. Tinder. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, they are expanding too. They're going to be moving to Colorado next. And then who knows where else they'll keep growing. What footwear would you like them to wear, Blake? What I makes you not basic <laughs> yeah. in the footwear department? But, but not Uggs. If, if we're going to call out what temperature it is, Uggs are unnecessary in September when it's 78. You sound uh, You can just generally say Uggs are unnecessary in Southern California. No. No, I'll give them, I'll give them some. I wore a sweatshirt. This is like the first day without a sweatshirt in like two months for me. So I'll but you're give still them, wearing long sleeves. Yeah, but it's only one layer. Okay, easy. I don't want to see everything. 
Let's go live to New York when we come back, and we can talk about Uggs with Mark Remillard from ABC News. Let's see if Uggs makes Crocs or Crocs makes Uggs. We're not talking about any of this when we come back. (laughs) Or maybe Tom's makes Ugg Crocs. Uh. And we're going to give away money. No, that's a better idea. All right. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon. How about this? For the first week of January... How does $1,000 sound? Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Remember there was a time when teenage girls didn't have their father's cell phone numbers and couldn't text them all the time? What is she texting you? Holy time. She... Our discussion about shoes mm-hmm. and Uggs and Toms and Crocs. Uh-huh. She texted me some reaction to that. I'll tell you what it is when we get Okay. We, we'll talk with Mark. First. That's uh, awesome that she listens, by the way. I know. Yeah. Oh, awesome for you. <laughs> Mark awesome Remillard, ABC News, joins us from New York. Mark, what are you wearing? Oh, uh, well, fortunately, I'm lucky enough to be inside at the moment, so uh, just, a, just a light sweater. But when I came into work this morning, I got uh, thermals on underneath the pants. I've got a, you know, a long sleeve shirt and a, and a big, heavy pea coat that I'm wearing and uh, earmuffs, the, the, whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, everything in the uh, closet uh, all <laughs> on much. at once. Pretty much. How, uh, it's, it's very cold. Yeah, how's it going there? Is, is, every, is anybody outside? <laughs> It's you know there are people walking around. Uh, you know the thing is is that in at least in New York City you've certainly got a pretty robust subway system and that system is still largely up and running. Uh, but for most people, if you get around by car, if you drive into the city, these kinds of things, that's making life a lot more difficult. And there are a lot of businesses that are closed. They just said you know we're closing our doors today, no work uh, because of this, and uh, because you know it, it compounds itself if you get in a car and. You hop on uh, a road that has a lot of this snow and ice, and you either get stuck or you cause an accident. Well, that backs up all the cars behind you, obviously, and then the plows can't get through those roads to clear the roads. So it just it just compounds the problem here. Um, e- even the railroads out here, the Long Island Railroad, for example, is working to make sure that they keep everything defrosted because the rails, the switches, you know, those are all exposed to the elements, and and that's going to make it difficult to keep those things from essentially freezing and not working anymore. What does air travel look like? Air travel is uh, is a mess up here at this point because of not just the snowfall, uh, but you add in the high winds. Uh, LaGuardia Airport, JFK, suspending operations or suspending flights. The terminals are open, but really no flights are going in and out. Newark Liberty has uh, canceled um, about 73% of its daily flights, uh, which is a huge impact. So you have three major airports in this area that are being affected. Boston, Logan, again, same thing, because as you go up the coast and more into New England, there getting even worse conditions, more snow than seeing down here in New York. But uh, really, this whole thing is affecting the entire East Coast. I just lost my train of thought. It's all right. It happens when the weather changes. Oh, oh, this is what I was going to ask. So we can't stop talking about this in California because we Mm -hmm. we see things like, you know, uh, hurricane force winds with, uh, you know, snow and uh, things that we don't have to deal with. 
and, and we're talking about it every hour. But for you guys that, that live over there, is it kind of just like, eh, this is what we call winter? Well, I, not maybe not to this severity. I, you know, I think you get a couple bad storms a season uh, that dump a lot of snow. But I think what's unique about this is there is a lot of snow in this, but you're coupling that with really cold temperatures. Uh, uh, the forecast for Saturday with the wind chill in New York, negative 19. Uh, I've been here a few years, have not ever experienced a weather that cold. Good Lord. Uh, but that's wind chill now. Uh, so the actual temperature will be right, right around zero. Yeah, but... but- Still. Well, but everything that's falling, I mean, the 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 snow, obviously, that's falling now is just going to freeze over. And it's going to be, right. you know, as as treacherous as it might be to, to drive in snow or get around in snow, getting around in ice is almost impossible. Well, and they had to cancel a hockey game. So that's when you know it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> you cancel a hockey game, considering that they used to play outside in the snow and on ice. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, but you're right. The, the ice is a major concern because... The snow is going to be out there, uh, and and then if we're expecting um, the sun essentially to come out, it can melt some of that top surface level, which then refreezes and just becomes ice, and you get black ice, and and that's exactly what South, uh, South Carolina has been dealing with. They've closed portions of I-95 over concerns about black ice because you're just driving along, you hit it, and you spin out. And North Carolina's had three fatalities already in this storm uh, due to essentially weather-related crashes, and so that is a major concern. So. Even though the big snowstorm is here today and uh, and and the wind, uh, which has knocked out power and flights, now we deal with on Friday and Saturday before as, as there's a cold front behind this, an even colder front behind this, then you deal with the ice situation. And that's part of the reason that it's so important uh, for the city of New York, Boston, many of these places to plow these streets and get a lot of that snow at least off of the roadway because once it freezes again, there's nothing you can do about it. And for one of our, you know, for those of us listening here in, in Southern California, we have our own weather warning that there will be light and variable winds today. Oh, you guys, you guys got it hard. Do you want to guess how, what the temperature is in Burbank right <laughs> Don't now? Don't do it. Oh, 65? 75. 75? Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> so, you are terrible. I, take my, I took my sweatshirt off. I heard Handel doing this to Aaron Katursky this morning, <laughs> and I thought, what an apple. And now here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you very much. Stay dry out there. Thank you. All right. Mark Remillard there from uh, New York City. Um, so we were talking about basic girls putting on Uggs in September for their hot cocos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's no need for Uggs. <laughs> there's no need for Crocs. There's no need for Toms. She hate me now? No. She no. hates you for even she bringing up Crocs? I don't think my daughter owns Uggs now that you mentioned. She did. I don't know if she still does. She also owned pink cowboy boots at one time. Oh. She was three. That's really But weird. she says, I am offended by your Croc comment. I'll have you know that many people, she'll have me know, <laughs> I'll have you know that many people do enjoy wearing Crocs and that they are, in fact, stylish, especially if you have giblets. Really? What are giblets? See, and if I'm you don't, familiar- and if you did not know Crocs. what a giblet is, you should learn, she Uh-oh. says. You know, I'm not familiar with the, the new Crocs. Um, I just remember They're the that- same as the old Crocs. Oh, uh, no. What? No, the designs have uh, oh, these little things a little you bit. stick in the holes. Oh, the the little, those are giblets? Decal, like shoe charms. Mm. Mm. You should pick a different name because that's all this, also the stuff you pull out of the inside of a turkey. Right? <laughs> those are giblets. 
No, Those I've done giblets. it. They're giblets. They? Yeah, you're Those thinking gimlet. gimlet. That is a drink. <laughs> I know what a gimlet is, and that's not what I was thinking of. Sure you do. <laughs> uh, I love that. Not only do we get great mail from strangers, but now we're getting hate mail from people we love. Heck, well. <laughs> Heckled by people we love. Can I say I've never been more glad that I moved from New York City to California? Yeah, because of this show. (laughs) Yep. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's one of the nicest comments I think we've ever had. But also because of the snow. Oh, oh, right. Well, that's a secondary. But I'll take the first one. All right. When we come back, Lana Zach from ABC News is going to join us. We're going to talk about the Jeff Sessions decision today to rescind that policy that would have allowed federal prosecutors, or that was preventing federal prosecutors from going after pot people in states where it's legal. All about that coming back to Gary and Shannon. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon, a little bit later in the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by Mark Saltzman, our tech guy. Talk about uh, a couple of gigantic security flaws in just about every computer out there. What it is that you might do to protect yourself. Well, it looks like Attorney General Jeff Sessions took aim square at California today, rescinding, uh, in the process of rescinding possibly, an Obama-era policy That really allowed states to do whatever they wanted to do when it came to legalizing marijuana. It was a hands-off approach for federal federal prosecutors to deprioritize marijuana prosecutions. But Jeff Sessions has talked about in the past, he's not a big fan of the pot. He actually uh, compared it to heroin once. Lana Zach from ABC News is uh, helping us cover this story. Lana, the official announcement was made earlier today, right? That's right. And uh, you're right, Gary and Shannon, he is not a fan of marijuana. He has said in the past, and this is his quote, good people don't smoke marijuana. And I imagine for all of you in California, it's hard not to assume that his uh, his pronouncement today to return to a rule of law when it, in regards to marijuana policy uh, is not aimed squarely at your state uh, with with your recent developments. But what it does um, is something that that we're all still trying to figure out. Legal observers are trying to figure out if this is actually going to change things, Uh, but it does signal to federal prosecutors that they are given more authority, more discretion to bring drug charges against distributors of marijuana, even in states potentially where it has been legalized. Now, he called it a a shift to the return to the rule of law. Right. Rule of law is what he said. but, But we don't know exactly what this means because we don't know what those prosecutors in those states where marijuana is now legal recreationally, if if they have any. First of all, if they have any onus to do it, if they have any reason to do it. And second, if they have the resources to do it. Right, and I think the resources are going to be a big, uh, a big consideration, Gary. I think you you nailed it with that one because, uh, in a lot of these cases, and part of the rationale for, um, for the Obama era policy was to put the focus on some other issues for for federal prosecutors and to not focus so much on marijuana use, particularly in these states where it has become legalized uh, by by the population there, but. Um, there may be some there may be prosecutors now who feel like the attorney general who feel like uh like the federal law is that marijuana is illegal in this country and that 
that people who are distributing marijuana, um, even in states where it's been legalized, are running afoul of the federal law and, and choose to bring charges against them. It might be a complete moot point, though, because when you think about uh, federal prosecutors in California, they're going to be rushing to crack down on California's new Right. You know, market, I guess, world's largest market for legal recreational marijuana. Uh, This seems like it would embolden federal prosecutors who are in states that would never legalize marijuana, uh, you know, more conservative offices. Right. Uh, and so there are some there are some um, legal uh, scholars right now, Shannon, who are, are taking that exact same position uh, that are um, saying even though session says this, it's not going to actually probably affect these states really because the federal prosecutors um, in Oregon and California and Colorado, they they are um, in tune with what their state's laws are and are going to be uh, more perhaps sympathetic uh, or or, or or put their attentions elsewhere if it's not creating a, a problem to focus on other issues. Uh, but again, you're counting now on each prosecutor to have greater authority uh, to decide whether or not they want to bring those charges. Um, and for distributors, that sows additional uncertainty. Have we heard specifically from any of the federal prosecutors in those states where it's legal what they plan to do or their reaction to the decision today? I think a lot of them are still trying to sort through it themselves. Um, we have heard ABC News has been in touch with some of them, um, but uh, but I haven't seen a lot of public statements. Again, they are not wanting to go necessarily against their boss, <laughs> the Attorney General, who has said uh, who has taken this hardline stance against um, against marijuana. But even from the White House, the the very top of the pyramid, it has been um, it hasn't been a clear a clear position articulated. Candidate Trump said that he thought that states should determine marijuana uh, laws and policies, but uh, the, uh, the um, White House briefing room, Sarah Sanders, the White House press secretary today, said the president's position has not changed, but he does believe that federal law should be enforced, and federal law uh, says that marijuana is illegal. Lana Zach, ABC News, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to talk a little, bit more, a little bit more about a decision that was made today, specifically about the aid money that uh, the United States gives to Pakistan. Big announcement from the State Department not long ago. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. I don't want to know, no, 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 who's taking you home, 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 and loving you so, 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 the way I used to love you, no, I don't want to know, no, 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 who's taking you home, home, home. Gary and Shannon. Well, the uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders daily press briefing from the White House centered mostly on that new Michael Wolff book called Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House. Is there anybody who uh, hates their job more than Sarah? She just she she uh, she seems to not have a good time there. Well, and she explained that the reason why she seems so perturbed is everybody keeps asking her questions that she thinks are completely uh, impertinent when it comes to what's going on from the White House. Right. And that's her job. I mean, to spin things around, right? All the reporters are focused on fire and fury. She wants to focus on insert name of issue here. Uh, She says there are numerous mistakes, but I'm not going to waste my time or the country's time going page by page talking about a book that's complete fantasy and a full and full of tabloid gossip. It's sad, pathetic 
and our administration's focus will be on moving the country forward. Now, again, the the book itself, yesterday's big headline was that Steve Bannon in there said that the meeting with the Russian lawyer with Donald Trump Jr. was treasonous. Uh, he referred to um, he referred to Ivanka Trump as being dumb as a brick. And that the only reason that she and Jared were given their positions is because they're family and that uh, Reince Priebus had a hard time with that. Uh, but Donald Trump said it's a little complicated. <laughs> That's right. I remember the little, little complicated. You can c- kind of hear him saying that, too. Now, I haven't read the book, but I did read the lengthy piece that the author wrote for The Hollywood Reporter. And it does read like a tabloid. It reads juicy. It reads like a Kitty Kelly book. Um that's what people like to hear. Does that mean it's all untrue? I mean, I don't think we should be taking this book for, uh, you know, it's not gospel. Non-fiction. It's clearly not gospel, right? But I mean, this I mean, was a something... guy. This was a guy, and I still can't get over this. That the president okayed just hanging around. He came to the president. And he said, "I want to be a fly on the wall in this in this West Wing in your office. I want to observe. I want to write a book." And the president, according to the author, was just kind of like, well, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but sure, stick around if you want to. I don't know who okayed that, who signed off on it, why the president thought that was a good idea. And most presidents are super highly secretive, and, and the person who gets to write their book, it's it's a well-thought-out plan. And, and it seems like this guy just came in off the street. I mean, he he wrote for Vanity Fair for years, for crying out loud. And, and, and President Trump says, oh, okay, you can stick around and write about whatever you see. That just seems like a really bad idea to me and yeah. now this is what he's done he's observed he's written the book and some of it yeah it's going to come across as his observations or his opinion on things um, but there's also some nuggets in there that it, you wouldn't lie you wouldn't make up facts you well know, that, that that's the knock on michael wolf is that he does make up these facts now hope hicks is an example of uh somebody who has been involved with this white house for a while and she was quoted at one point as saying something um, negative about uh, about Steve Bannon. And she has gone on the record not only against that, but she's also called Jared Kushner to say, listen, I that's not what I would do. It's not what I would say. Those are not my words. So there's a lot of that going on. In fact, there's a lot of um, a lot of the staffers there inside the White House I've been scrambling to get their own copies of this book because it's not due out until Tuesday. And the reason that the Guardian newspaper out of London got it is they said they picked up a copy at a bookstore in New England. They were selling it long before it was supposed to hit the bookshelves, but they wouldn't say where. So everyone's been scrambling to get their own copies of this. Um, The uh, Katie Walsh is another one. Katie Walsh was a longtime advisor to former deputy chief of staff, as a matter of fact, and she left relatively quickly. She said try, managing the president was like trying to figure out what a child wants. So everybody goes after Katie Walsh and says, you know, you should never have said that. Well, she still works for the Republican National Committee. She also still works for a political action committee that's pushing President Trump for 2020. And now they're saying you better step down. And her response is. Look, I didn't say those things. I didn't say those. This guy's making that stuff up. Now, did she? Well, the thing did, is, is did, she is probably it, didn't talk to the author, but she probably. I'm. I'm just. I'm speculating. 
that she may have said that to somebody who spoke to the author. And here's and here's a lot of uh, hearsay going on. There's a great article. I don't remember who wrote it, but I was reading through it this morning. Just things to keep in mind when you're looking at this book. You know, if you get a copy of it or even reading that Hollywood Reporter, the lengthy version of it is remember the sourcing. That's that's a key thing. Is the guy reporting what he heard firsthand? Is he reporting what he recorded? Because that's also a key. He says he recorded those those conversations with Katie Walsh, with Steve Bannon. If those recordings come out and we hear those quotes from them, then a lot of what he says has to be considered reputable. Here's the thing. This isn't the first time that we've heard that this is a West Wing embroiled in chaos. This is not the first time that we've heard that President Trump even before he was a candidate, behaves like a child. This is not the first time we've heard that Ivanka is not a Mensa member, all right? These are not revelations. It's just the first time that it's all been put in a nicely bound book. And it does read like gossip, and people like that. So there's an appetite for that. And by the way, you don't like it? You don't like the stories that are in there? Don't make it number one on Amazon. This guy is going to make a pant load of money off of people who want to read this stuff. So um, the other thing, uh, the United States is going to suspend nearly all security aid to Pakistan. It was announced today from the State Department. Um, An internal government talking points memo says the suspension is a freeze. It does not reflect intent to reprogram the funds at this time. The State Department spokeswoman who got up there and said this made the announcement today, didn't give an estimate of the total aid funds affected, but said it would be a significant figure. Uh, and again, these are security monies. These are specifically dollars that were going to security aid in Pakistan. All right. Tech Coming up. talk when we come back. Yep. I love that. Meltdown inspector. They are not your friends. We'll tell you how to protect yourself from them when we come back. To, to Gary and Shannon.